Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hey everyone and welcome to Raising Parents, the Parenting Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Dina Sargent. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. Now, throughout the past year, we've spoken about the different parenting styles that can result in a positive parenting experience. Meta-parenting is something that I haven't heard of until today, and that is because our guest has revealed that he has coined the term meta-parenting. So here joining me today is George Holden. Thank you so much for joining me today, George. Hi, my, my pleasure to be here with you. Um, it's so good to talk about, and as your experience as a professor and a developmental psychologist, how has your experience been with sort of coming up with the term meta-parenting? Well, interestingly, the, the very first study I did when I was a graduate student was looking at how mothers manage two-and-a-half-year-old children in the supermarket. And mm-hmm. what uh, I, I wanted to do a naturalistic study to learn more about parents. So I was following parents around, and what I noticed there was that the, the most effective parents, that is parents who were having a good experience in the supermarket because their kid wasn't tantruming or having a fit or demanding things, were, were being very um, anticipatory and proactive in doing things like providing objects for their child to play with or talking to their child about the shopping experience or even avoiding aisles that had problematic uh, items on it like toys or or candy. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that sort of was the first experience for me about parenting to get me interested in in this sort of the cognitive aspects of parenting. And I followed up those observations with uh, home interviews. and uh, virtually all the mothers were very intentional about their behavior in the supermarket, the, particularly the good ones who were, um, effective in avoiding conflicts with their children by by uh, engaging them in the shopping um, task, for instance, or mm-hmm. asking them to to hold something or pick out you know which banana do they want or what have you. So so that really um, gave me sort of the first insight into the one key aspect of meta parenting, which is anticipating and acting in such a way to avoid problems. Um, mm-hmm. And then so my career continued uh, in the area of parenting. And I did a lot of different studies. Um, and after about, uh, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, sort of put, put together some of these different observations I had had about what uh, effective parents are doing into this concept called meta-parenting. And it, it's it's a simple idea. It's just what is the thinking that's going on, typically before or after interactions with the child, 
uh, centered on on child rearing, and what it, it I, I worked with closely with one of my grad students on this, and what we came up with is there's sort of four major components um, mm-hmm. areas of this this thinking. One is as the one I mentioned, the anticipating. A second one is assessing, and that that really is. Um, kind of observing, monitoring the child, assessing how he or she is developing, um, maybe comparing him or her with peers, seeing if they seem to be on track, um, identifying potential problems. Um, mm-hmm. but it but it's all this this thinking when you're not interacting with your child, but thinking about, how is my child functioning in the world? How's he doing? How is she doing in school? That kind of thing. So that's mm-hmm. the second component, the assess- assessing. The third one that follows from the assessing is problem solving. And this is something that all parents have to do a lot of. Um, uh, I have my, my daughter has a, uh, a four-year-old who's having sleep problems. She wakes up in the middle of the night and is... is um, crying out for her mom and dad and waking them up. And so so that sleep problems are very common for most parents. Um, but that's just one of thousand problems that parents typically kind of deal with. Um, so how do parents deal with problem solve? How do they deal with with issues that arise? Um, do they do they consciously intentionally think through things or do they just React automatically, almost. So that, mm-hmm. that, that's the idea of the problem solving in meta parenting. And then finally, we have the, the fourth key component. We think is reflecting. So after the interaction is over, um, thinking about the child, how the child's doing, how they, the parent, acted. Was that the right action to take? Um, did they overreact? Did they underreact? Um, so that is the other component, uh, the, the fourth component mm-hmm. kind of, th- uh, involving this thinking aspect of parenting. Mm-hmm. How, so when I talk about sort of the whole idea of meta parenting, what sort of came up, what made you come up with the term meta and using meta as a parenting analysis style? Well, when I studied uh, developmental psychology and we studied cognitive development, one mm-hmm. of the, the the basic concepts in memory development is meta memory. So one's awareness of their own memory. And mm-hmm. so I sort of borrowed that idea and took it to parenting. And so what is one's awareness or thinking about one's own parenting? And then that Sort of that led me. Uh, what I realized from talking with parents and then becoming a parent myself, what I realized is parents spend a lot of time in this area of meta parenting. Um, at least, particularly good parents, I think, have to do this quite a lot uh, in just dealing with normal uh, developing children. And if you have an atypically developing child or a child with some challenges, you have to do that even more. 
So uh, this is really, you know, in my view, this is a very important aspect of parenting that that really hasn't been adequately investigated. So that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to begin putting our finger on what's going on in this domain and mm -hmm. drawing attention to it and hopefully encouraging other investigators to, to look at it and ask different questions. Mm -hmm. And before we get to talking about it even more, um, we love to sort of start off with a little icebreaker just to get to know you as a person before we get to know you as a expert on the field today. Um, so to start off with, just share the first thing that sort of goes, comes to your head when I say, ask you these questions or keywords. What's your current favorite book at the moment? Uh, the Wager, a book by uh, David Grin uh, about <laughs> a, a, a mute kind of a shipwrecked uh, shipwreck and the mutiny of the, the crew. It's quite exciting and fascinating, oh, wow. a historical novel. Oh, okay. So that is, <laughs> is it based on true or is it a fictional? Yeah. No, based story? on, based on, based oh, on wow. diaries that, that he, he identified and uh, it's, it's oh, no, quite fascinating. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's, that's really cool. Um, how about a favorite movie that you have at the moment? Uh, let's see. At the, I don't have one at the. I haven't actually been to the movies um, in a long time due to COVID. Uh, yeah. A bit sort of avoiding movies, but but one of my all time favorites, of course, would be like Schindler's List. Um, but okay. uh, if that'll if that'll be acceptable. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely. I think. <laughs> I can tell a lot of a lot about a person from the interest in movies, I think. And Shindles uh -huh. is definitely one of the best, biggest tell of a movie I think you could possibly ever have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, how about podcasts? Do you have a current, a most recent podcast that you have listened to? Um, I like listening to sort of intellectual podcasts like, well, the New York Times, The Daily. Um, okay. Uh, the one, the fun one, NPR is wait, wait, don't tell me. It, do you know okay. that one? I don't know if it's broadcast I... in Australia, but it's a national public radio, and the, the, it's a sort of a news one, but with humor. They have comedians cracking jokes. Oh, I don't think it's showed. No, it's not actually showed here. That's interesting. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, that sounds that sounds really cool. I love people taking the, the have a comedic sense to news mm. and sort of their aspect and look yeah. into it as well. Yeah, it's fun, fun to listen to. Now, do you have a famous role model that you have at the moment? Uh, well, one of my, a hero, I guess you, you're asking who's my hero. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh, someone I actually, I knew when I was in college, he was a minister, is Reverend William Sloan Coffin, and he was both a powerful preacher, but he was also very um, active in the anti-nuclear war movement. So mm -hmm. to me, he was a real hero, both for being a charismatic individual, but also doing a lot of good in the world. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's mm -hmm. great when you sort of take a person who has done a lot and sort of see them as a huge role model and here mm -hmm. I think it's it's always really interesting when to sort of hear the answers of the, the different people that are 
the role models and the heroes of everyone on the show. <laughs> now, how about a most recent course that you've completed? And it doesn't have to be a big course. It can be a little tiny course as well. <laughs> Uh, gee, you know, I, I have not completed any course in the, in ages. I hate to say. Um, when let's see, I guess we had to do some various training um, at uh, my university. Um, so maybe like five years ago, I did some kind of training, but but mm -hmm. uh, nothing. It wouldn't be very interesting. It'd be more like diversity training, or, um, but there's there's more interesting things in courses. For instance, hobbies. For instance, okay. Um, do you have I, a favorite hobby at the moment? Then oh yes. Well, I love I love gardening, okay, and vegetable gardening in particular. Um, and I also have a pa passion for antique tractors. So I so I own a okay. 1953 Farmall Cub. Oh wow! <laughs> no, that that's really cool. I think it's always really cool to sort of see the different hobbies and different interests that people have. Uh -huh. um, gar the vegetable garden I can relate to. That was a big thing in my family throughout COVID, and then uh, yeah, yeah, suddenly right. COVID ended, and it was everyone went out of the house and completely forgot about the garden for a while. Oh. <laughs> so it kind of grew naturally in the yard for a bit until we realized it was taking over our lives. <laughs> but the, it was really cool to sort of grow, to sort of see the progress in a vegetable growing process yeah. and it, see and be excited. Yeah, as a developmental psychologist, I also love the development of plants and <laughs> vegetables. I also like uh, coffee roasting. So I, I roast my own coffee Ooh. beans. Okay. Which is, wow. Which is fun. Yeah. No, that that's a big hit. You should come to Melbourne and sort of try to <laughs> sell that here. It's a big coffee is a big hit in Melbourne. Yeah. Good. <laughs> now, talking about parenting and sort of talking about meta parenting. Before we get into that, everyone has their own very various definitions as to what parenting is to them, and sort of what their own parenting style is and how it's impacted them as a parent as well. So what do you think your definition of parenting is? Well, so parenting is, well, for one thing, it's the most important thing that most of us ever do in the world. Uh, and it's very important, the parenting we receive for our development. Um, so basically it's parenting is the entire constellation of interactions and experiences that the your parents uh, engage in with you as a child and mm -hmm. growing up over time, um, and it's it is a lifelong. It's not just uh, a short-lived for the eighteen years or whatever, but really, it's it's a lifelong relationship that that continues. And even though the form and the sort of the um, content changes a lot as the parents, uh, as the child gets older, uh, and the parents should adapt to that mm -hmm. changing individual. Um, it still is a very lifelong um, and our most important relationship that we'll ever have. Mm -hmm. And what would you say is something that all parents should know before getting into that transition 
of parenting themselves? <laughs> well, they sh ideally, they should be really committed and really wanting to, to be a parent because it's such a major responsibility and it's, uh, you could view it as a burden. Um, I certainly viewed it as a great joy to be a parent. Uh, we have mm -hmm. three wonderful, they're now adult children, um, but it's, um, it's something that people should enter into intentionally and not accidentally. Um, mm -hmm. And they should also be committed such that they put a lot of energy into it to be the best parent they can be. And mm -hmm. that involves meta-parenting to be a good parent. Mm -hmm. yeah. And sort of you easily slide into the next question, which is, <laughs> can you explain a bit more as to how meta-parenting differs from other traditional parenting approaches? Oh, okay. Well, it's it's not a parenting approach. It's really what it does is shine the light on this key aspect of parenting um, that that typically researchers and those who write about parenting had not been attending to. So, <laughs> for instance, um, we all know about Diana Baumrein's parenting styles: the permissive, authoritarian, authoritative. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, um, and as well as now to that, it was added um, the sort of neglectful parent would be a fourth um, style. But but that um, doesn't, in what goes into those different parenting styles can be a lot of meta-parenting. Um, and what Diana Baumrein never did was focus on or talk about or think really think about what was involved in the, the thinking side of the parenting. She just in, she looked mm -hmm. at really the warmth and the controlling aspects, but she didn't look at what was going on in the parent's mind. And um, so what we wanted to do is really draw attention to the important important activity going on in parents from even before the child is born, uh, but that must continue on to be to be good parents. They have to do a lot of thinking about their their children, and they have to do a lot of kind of deliberate, intentional thought in order to uh, successfully navigate uh, the challenges of child rearing. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not a it's not a different approach. It's uh, it, it, it cuts through all different approaches that have been talked about. It's just a different facet of parenting mm -hmm. that hasn't been adequately been recognized. Mm -hmm. And I think you said earlier when um, you were talking with other parents, when sort of coming up with meta-parenting and you were discussing mm -hmm. that a lot of other parents do use meta-parenting without even knowing that they are. So yeah. how do we know that we are using the method, that sort of approach to meta-parenting? Well, you know, anytime you're doing things like anticipating or having expect thinking about what the child might be doing in, in the near future, or anytime you're discussing with another parent how your own child is behaving and is it normal, or anytime you're talking to a counselor about a problem with your child and how to solve it. Uh, 
or anytime you're talking with, let's say, your partner and thinking about, you know, did I did I respond the right way to the, my child's action? Those are all you know key attribute or key examples of meta parenting. So parents are doing it all the time, um, mm-hmm. and you don't have to put the label on uh, meta parenting that you're doing it, but it's important that you do it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think by labeling it as meta parenting, it it adds more weight to that activity because then the parent recognizes that what they're doing is not just kind of idle thought, but it's really it's really constructive, hopefully constructive thinking about their mm-hmm. their child child and uh, how best to parent. Now there is there is sometimes it's not always constructive and. What we have found is that I, I mentioned reflecting is one aspect of meta parenting, um, but ideally the reflecting involves thinking about what you did and did you do it the right way? Could there be a better way? But some parents in the sort of reflecting domain get stuck and they they ruminate. It's called, and mm-hmm. this is what. Um, uh, depressed people can do. They, they they ruminate a lot. They're sort of in this cycle and and they just think about, oh, I screwed up. Oh, I screwed up. Oh, I'm rotten. I'm terrible. I did mm-hmm. terrible action. And they don't, they don't, they aren't able to productively move beyond that negative thought. Um, and they're just sort of stuck in that rumination about how they failed and how they screwed up or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not always uh, it's not always good that meta parenting, but in, in general, you know, my view is the more that parents meta parent, the better they'll be as parents because you know they're seeking out new information, they're talking with others how to problem solve or how to uh, is my child you know developing appropriately, et cetera. So all that stuff um, is is important for parents to be able to figure out, you know, should I change my behavior? Should I take my child to a therapist? You know, that kind of thing. Um, so that's all that's all a very important part of parenting. And what are some examples of questions that you would sort of recommend to ask your to ask yourself as a parent? If you're sort of stuck in that sort of self-sabotaging, overthinking, sort of I'm doing it all wrong kind of mindset. So, well, you got to get out of that mindset by, you know, I think the the simplest would be to reach out to someone else and say, hey, you know, I'm stuck in trying to figure out how to deal with this problem. And I think I messed up with my child. You know, Mm -hmm. what do you think I should do? Can you give me some advice? So reaching out to others um, is, I, you know, I think the, the the fastest and simplest and and best way to get out of that um, a, a rut, if you if you will, if you get stuck in a, a mental rut or mm-hmm. a rumination. Um, but you can, you know, also sort of prompt yourself to to be creative and think about, okay, uh, I I yelled at my kid when you know he was fresh to me. How else could I have reacted? Uh, and so instead of you, you can sort of challenge yourself to be cre- think creatively instead of um, 
just being negative and getting down on yourself for your kind of automatic reaction. Um, but, but, and then, and then also that can lead to, you know, why did I react that way? So it mm -hmm. can lead to positive reflection. Um, was it, oh, because it triggered some thoughts I had when I was feelings, when I was a kid and my, my dad did that to me or something like, you know, something like that. And I don't want to be like, 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 that I don't want to be like my dad in that area, so I really need to change. Um, mm -hmm. So it it can lead to productive thinking if you sort of force yourself to get out of that that rut. Mm -hmm. And when talking about the children's impact, are there any specific age groups or developmental stages where meta parenting is particularly relevant or effective? And no, I'd, I'd say it's. It's needed at all phases, all stages, mm -hmm. all ages, um, and it can be, uh, you know, uh, it. I, I'd say it, it gets parenting gets more complicated often as the kid gets older. So there's more, more issues, more potential negative influences than um, if they're just, you know, newborn babies and. You know, they're crying and they need to be, you know, it, it's simpler, let's say it's simpler problem solving when they're newborns, uh, mm -hmm. obviously. But, and then as they get older, things do get more complicated, more, uh, there's many more sources of influence and um, the child is capable of many more types of behaviors and um, wants to exert their autonomy. So, so it does get more challenging as kids get older. Um, and therefore, more needing meta parenting. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say at all ages, all stages, meta parenting is very important. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about the relationship a little bit earlier with your child and sort of how it sort of impacts the whole idea of meta parenting impacts your relationship with your child. How honest should you be about your own behavior when you've reacted in a way that you don't really? want to react to your child? Uh, I, I think the more honest you can be with your child, the better you will have a better relationship. So there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with a parent apologizing to their child when the parent messed up or if the parent overreacted. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that that the, the child will respect the parent more if the parent is open and honest and wanting to promote a good relationship um, mm -hmm. than if the parent feels they, they can't uh, reveal to the child, you know, what they're really thinking or whatever. Um, so, so I think the more um, open communication, um, the better for the relationship. Okay. And when talking about some of the misconceptions or misunderstandings, I've sort of come across the definition a little bit differently earlier on the show when sort of looking into it. How does meta-parenting meta and the whole idea, how does it differ from other examples such as mindful parenting or other reflective parenting practices? So yeah, that's a good question. So it basically meta-parenting uh, covers more aspects, I think, um, mm -hmm. than something like uh, 
there's yeah there's several different terms but like um reflective parenting or um mindful mindful parenting um so the idea of mindfulness for instance is i think as i understand it is that you are present focused non-judgmental in your mm-hmm. um interactions and um you will you don't uh react automatically such as you might have if you were not mindful about your interactions um but it doesn't really cover the domains of some of these other domains that I've talked about uh that meta parenting addresses like anticipation or mm-hmm. uh, assessment or problem solving or or reflecting so it's more of a uh mindfulness is more of how one is interacting with the child in the moment mm-hmm. um and then so reflective parenting is well very similar to the reflective mode of meta parenting um because the idea there is that you are sort of consciously aware of your child's behavior and your behavior and you're again you're not you're not reacting automatically but you're mm-hmm. reacting much more intentionally and thoughtfully um so reflective parenting is is more in line with one aspect of meta parenting but again it doesn't cover the other three key aspects of meta parenting so mm-hmm. to answer your question in some way i think meta parenting is more inclusive and encompassing um but but it uh also is in the same domain about um looking at how parents are thinking in their thought process so it's mm-hmm. along those lines it's similar but it's more inclusive than the others I think especially the way that you're explaining what mindful parenting is and from what I understand it as well there's a lot of as good as it is and I think I've heard a lot of my friends talk about mindful parenting quite often and it sort of makes them feel like an inadequate parent as well because there's a lot of things you can't react at the heat of the moment if you do you're not being mindful enough and uh. I think we talk about this a lot on the show when we talk about the idea that parents are still human parents are still going to react yeah. um not perfectly not being the perfect parent yeah. and i think when you're talking about meta parenting it sort of has that humanistic approach to it which is another thing that i've noticed that's very different from the other ways cuz you're still able to react how you react but you're able to learn from it yourself and also teach your really? child something about it as well so it's it's a really it's a really um human approach to things that i've sort of at least the way that i'm sort of understanding what meta parenting is yeah i'd say that's that's true um yeah. it certainly does yeah recognize and and accept individuals as they are um but it also uh it it has a promise of helping you improve your parenting so mm-hmm. it's not it's not it it's it's what i would call a a dynamic kind of process where you can it's open to change if you're willing to put the effort into it and and think mm-hmm. do a little thinking about it um so like for instance some parents uh a big problem around the world is when parents 
strike, hit, swap, spank, smack their children because mm -hmm. the child was, let's say, disobedient. And I did a study where I, I talked with parents about that. And I found that a lot of the parents, um, some of the parents were not meta-parenting about it. They just say, yes, I spank and I slap my kid when they're, they don't listen to me, and period. But a lot of the parents that I talked with, that action elicited meta-parenting and they, they, it made them reflect about their parenting. And a lot of them regretted I, you know, they'd say, I felt so badly when I slapped my child, but I just lost it because I was so angry. Um, and and it, so some actions like the, the problematic action of corporal punishment, um, that can elicit meta-parenting um, mm -hmm. because then they, if they are reflecting or assessing um, some parents reported to me when I asked them, how did your child react after you spanked the child? And they they would say things like, oh, my child was really upset and wouldn't talk to me for two days or that kind of thing. So yeah. they, okay. by assessing the child, they, they recognized that that action, spanking, wasn't an effective response to the child's mm -hmm. behavior. And I think it's so interesting when we're talking about the whole idea of like spanking a child just to make them realize that what they're doing is wrong. But in reality, it's sort of really, it really doesn't. It sort of just teaches them that this is how a parent's going to react to a situation. It's not, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this. Right. It, it, it is not, um, well, this could be a, the topic of a whole different show, yeah. uh, <laughs> corporal punishment. And, um, and in fact, there's, there's now thousands of studies about it. Um, and, and they're all amazingly uniform in finding it results in negative outcomes in many mm -hmm. children. Um, but yeah, the kids do not, it's not a good learning tool. Though right. the parent, from the parent's perspective, they think, oh, I see my child is crying because I spanked him. Uh, so he must have learned that it's not a good thing to do, whatever he did. Uh, but mm -hmm. that's not how the child is processing that experience. So the parent there would kind of fail on the reflective parenting because they're not taking into account the child's perspective. And mm -hmm. what the child's perspective is, is, you know, ow, that really hurt. How could my parent who says they love me want to hurt me? And that makes mm -hmm. me angry or that makes me really sad. Uh, and so the, the kids focus much more on their emotions and they don't focus on the lesson that the parent was trying to, to teach them. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the meta-parenting idea and just <laughs> sort of how you would reflect. Would parents normally reflect in their own mind or is it better to just to use um, like a pen and paper and just write a few notes down and write a yes. few lessons learned? You know, it depends on the individual. Um, yeah. So some, yeah, some people probably would maybe benefit more by taking the time to write out some of these things. Mm -hmm. Other people might talk to a partner about it or other, still others could just think about it themselves and, and you know, recognize, um, you know, engage in the meta-parenting themselves. 
But uh, I'd, I'd say for most people, it's easier if they are communicating with someone else about it, because then that person can react to what they say, and they can the person can, you know, raise questions or say, you know, did you think about this possible explanation, or did you try this solution, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. So it, it's it's often easier if you have someone, whether it be a, a partner or a family member or a therapist or whatever to, to talk with about about mm -hmm. it. And what other strategies would you recommend that a parent adopt in order to practice metaparenting effectively? Well, so the, 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 the key thing is taking the time to do it. So, <clears throat> um, you know, it, if you if you could structure some time like after the child's gone to bed mm -hmm. you spend you know 5 minutes thinking about the day and thinking about how did my child do today were there any problem behaviors how did i react did i react appropriately so reflecting on the the course of the day um i think would be would be certainly a good practice for all parents to engage in. Mm -hmm. um, also, in before there's a transition or before going out, thinking about how the child might react. So engaging in anticipation early, early in the process before you know before you have to let's say leave the park. Think about how how's my kid going to like leaving when I say it's time to go. Uh, mm -hmm. Most kids are not going to like it, so you have to then sort of set the stage by s giving warnings and uh, maybe uh, coming up with ideas about what could be a good thing to do when they leave, like go get ice cream or something, or um, ways of enticing the child to, to make the transition. But again, sort of engaging before a transition um, in, in some anticipatory thinking or one aspect of meta-parenting um, mm -hmm. is, is a really good idea. So those, mm -hmm. those would be, to me, the, the two things to do. <clears throat> do a lot, try to work on your anticipations, how the child will react, and then spend time at the end of the day reflecting over the day and thinking about um, the day and assessing the child, thinking about your problem solving, maybe discussing those with someone else. Mm -hmm. I think that's, it's such a great way to sort of think about the anticipation of it. Cause usually we think about, okay, this is the action that we're going to do. And then if it doesn't work, we're like, okay, so what other strategy can we do? For example, the kid is screaming, not wanting to leave the park. And that's when we think about what we're going to do. So the yeah. anticipation is a very interesting aspect that, um, it, that is actually it, it, very fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's very, it's critical if you want to have a, minimize conflicts mm -hmm. um you know it's really what you need the parents need to do they need to be able to um, anticipate how the child's going to react they need to uh, engage in various actions to minimize that and also then have some um some strategies in their back pocket if the child gets upset um to try to to try to change the child's demeanor so you know it could be humor use of humor um 
sometimes uh, I'm 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 blessed with uh, now five grandchildren, and we get to babysit uh, pretty frequently. And um, when our four-year-old daughter, granddaughter's mom leaves, sometimes the 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 four-year-old gets upset about it. So I have to try to I if I can divert her attention to something that she likes, or sometimes I'll I'll just act really silly, and she'll start instead of being you know th- being upset and and sort of almost tantruming uh, by acting silly, uh, it gets her out of her mood. And then we mm-hmm. we move into a you know a constructive or a fun activity. Um, so having having thinking about those in advance, so you're ready to pull them out and try them, see what works, is is a, a good uh, strategy too of meta parenting. Oh, oh, that's perfect. Now, yeah. um, going into our practice and habit part, this is something that you do personally, or a practice that you do um, in order to sort of be a little bit more self-aware, I think is a big, is a big part of the show. Um, so what is a practice that you do to reflect on how your own actions impact others around you? Ah, uh, well, I probably don't do that enough. <laughs> I don't do that enough about that meta, meta work. Um, but I think, I think, um, talking with my wife is a practice that I, I'd engage in that, where we could bounce off reactions or um, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing, she can sometimes informs me that I came across in one way that may not be what I had wanted to, and kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So she's a good uh, um, good source of re- reflective thinking um, to mm-hmm. look at that kinds of things, those kinds of things, and. What are three good things that you've sort of found that this practice really helps? Uh, well, I don't know if there's three. It, I think it it helps uh, develop relationships better. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly helps. I think with um, it helps my relationship with my wife because she sees that I'm open to feedback and changing my behavior. Um, and, uh, I think it helps, uh, probably it helps my, uh, my feeling of self-confidence by, by being able to change and, um, being better able to interact with, with people. Mm -hmm. And in contrast to that, do you have at least one challenge that sort of comes about when you're going through this practice? Uh, one challenge... I don't know. I mean, what uh like what? Do you have an example of what Um I think just sort of the I mean one challenge that could possibly happen I guess would be the aspect of not being that able to react in a certain way or not sort <laughs> of learning from that conversation or things like that. At least so that that's um another example that I have found in other mm. guests as well. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, no, nothing, nothing really comes to mind in that. Okay. Well, that's all. That's all good. <laughs> now, how do you think that this practice has impacted your parenting as well as your perception in how life goes? 
that that what meta parenting um it could be meta parenting yes we could do how meta parenting does well i think by yeah by sort of labeling it and understanding the different aspects of it 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 has helped me become a better parent and mm-hmm. and grandparent um because it then um i i sort of recognize kind of the phases I need to do and think about um, along the lines of meta-parenting that I might not have been conscious of without that construct. Well, that is that is perfect to sort of hear. And <laughs> now it slides, slides in perfectly with our next section, which is the last section of the show, and it's our open mic. Um, give you a chance to talk about anything that you're passionate about or something that you want to bring, bring awareness to as well. So in the last minute or so, I'd love to give you the floor and yeah. just sort of talk with the audience and discuss something that you would love to promote. Okay. Well, what I've been passionate about for the last, I'd say, 20 years is trying to get parents not to spank or slap or, or smack or hit their children. And uh, I'm now the president of the U.S. Alliance to End the Hitting of Children. And it's something I founded um, about 15 years ago, an organization. And we're trying to um, get states to ban corporal punishment in the schools and also to get parents to stop to stop hitting their children. Because there's now been um, literally more than a thousand studies done on the topic that find that children are likely to have problems if parents are spanking and slapping. There's just no good that comes out of it. And there's much better parenting approaches under the top, uh, under the sort of label of positive parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the topic of another show, perhaps, um, that um, then hitting children. Uh, it just teaches them to be aggressive. It, it results in uh, some children becoming depressed or, or anxious. Um, in extreme cases, they can be suicidal. Um, so it's it's just a very it's very damaging practice that has been around for a long time and is gradually fading. But it's something I'm I'm very passionate about trying to get parents to stop doing. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially being a part of the Alliance, it's definitely something that I think needs to be spoken about a whole lot more. And like you said, it needs to be a whole other topic on a show, um, (laughs) just discussing the negative impact. And I think we've spoken about that a little bit earlier um, when it comes to the negative impact that it has on children and their relationship with their parents as well, I think later on. Um, But yeah, it has to be a whole other show, a whole other topic. and. There is a group in Australia working to end corporal punishment. So, oh wow, um, yeah. Okay, I well, I will some. definitely. Yes. Yeah. No, I would love to see that, and that will be perfect to see. Um, thank you so much, George, for talking to me on the show today and for joining me and spreading awareness not only on meta parenting but um, the alliance that has on no hitting policy on children. I think it's yeah. such an important thing to sort of focus on. Um, if there is a way that audience members would like to get in contact with you to be able to discuss something that I definitely have missed or even further what, about what meditative parenting is, is there a contact info that you have? Sure. Yeah. The, I mean, the easiest is email me at gholden 
at mm-hmm. smu.edu for Southern Methodist University.edu. So golden mm-hmm. at smu.edu. And I'd be happy to uh, respond or engage in discussion with you. Perfect. Well, I will have that down in the link as a link Good. down below for easy access for everyone to to find George and to find him a little bit more. Um, so thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I think it's been such a eye opener of a show and discussing Great. a lot more as to what meta parenting is. Great. Enjoyed it. Um, and the other thing is you could look up www.endhitting.org to learn about the, the alliance. So okay. for those in- interested. Yes. Well, I will definitely have those down below as well. I think it's such an important thing that we need to promote. Um, and it's an important way and sort of moving into a new world of consent and talking about all these different things. It's such an important thing to be able to see the children's viewpoint as to how yeah. Yeah. Um, the policy should be changed. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. I will see you all in the next episode. You've been listening to Raising Parents, the Parenting Science Insights podcast, produced by the Parenting Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 life management perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel as it helps other people find it so that we can grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website at pa.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Dina Sargent. Thanks for tuning in.